Amen. All right, a couple announcements. A couple other announcements. <clears throat> Excuse me. Father, prayer meeting Wednesday, 7 o'clock at the church. Amen. 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 A lot of good things are happening in prayer meetings, some good conversations about God, and a lot of good prayer going up for all you out there, for our nation and our country. Amen? Amen. So if you can make it, 7 o'clock, if you cannot make it, then pray at home at 7 o'clock. Mark your calendar, mark the day, mark the time. Amen? And we need to have grace come on down. The girls have started school, the bigger kids, college kids. We need to pray protection over them in Jesus' name. And all the little kids start school tomorrow. So they go back, yes. They go back to school tomorrow. Well, they're tweeners, they're little, they're tweens. They're, they're all little. Amen? All right, Father, we thank you and praise you for this tithe and offering that you're bringing into your house. We pray, Lord God, that you would multiply it, Lord God. Multiply it a hundredfold and multiply, Lord God, our finances a hundredfold. I pray for favor that's above and beyond anything that we could ever imagine, Lord God, in our finances. Lord God, so we can give into the kingdom where rust and moth does not devour, where, Lord God, it's an eternal blessing. We're given into your kingdom, which is eternal. And we're praying this and we're believing this in Jesus' name. And I pray your blessings on each one here and all those that couldn't make it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> all right, kids' church. So little kids would be like Ephraim, Jackson, Noah, and Oliver can go back with Grandma. Big kids stay. Big kids stay. So are you ready, Grams? Won't be too long. Half hour. You got a half hour. You got a half. It could be longer. It depends on the Lord. What God does. Amen. It's all in God's hands. Amen. Oh, jeez. Ah. Amen. It's all in God's hands. Thank you, Lord. All right, I got to give you some prophecy updates. There's some new prophecy updates out there that I want to let you guys know, and I'm going to kind of be preaching on that a little bit today in that direction on prophecy. All right, prophecy update number one. The UAE and Israel plan on signing the peace treaty, the peace deal, the deal of the century, it's called, on Tuesday, September 5th. And they now have other nations, other Arab nations that want to join in on this. Bahrain is signing up. They want to sign up with a peace treaty with Israel because they want to do trade. It's going to boost the economy. Also, I did a little research last week on earthquakes. Earthquakes. This past week, and it shows that earthquakes are on the rise. They're on the rise. If you go on the USGS, 
website, you can look at, they have a chart, you can look at the number of uh, earthquakes and frequencies and the power of them. And I'm going to tell you, they're on the rise. And we should not be alarmed by this, because in the Bible, Jesus foretold all of this. Do you know that the Bible is made up of one-third of prophecy? One-third of the whole Bible is prophecy. Isn't that amazing? That's what makes this Bible so special, this book that you read. So special, there's no other book like it. It foretells the future. It's a book on the past, the present, and the future. It's God's Word. It's anointed. Holy. There is never a book like it in all of history. For many, for Matthew chapter 24, verses 5 through 7, it says, For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And earthquakes, excuse me, nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Hey, that's Jesus talking about today, isn't it? He's talking about today, earthquakes in various places. Do you know that in Central New Jersey, they had an earthquake that measured a 3.1. That was very shallow, 5 meters. Who even thought of an earthquake in New Jersey? Right? What did Jesus say? There will be earthquakes in various places. Hey, we felt an earthquake in Vestal, New York one time. We did. About five years ago. I'm telling you, church, the earth is shaking and the mountains are quaking, just as Jesus predicted. And in Daniel, you know this talk about the peace plan that I would just shared with you about? Daniel foretold that 2,000 years ago. Over 2,000 years ago. It's probably close to 3,000 years ago. Daniel foretold that. He said, he will confirm a covenant with many in Daniel chapter 9. Verses 27. It said, He will confirm a covenant with many for one sevens. One sevens. That's just before the tribulation. That's the tribulation period he's talking about right there, Daniel is. He will confirm a covenant with many. Many are these Arab nations that are signing up with Israel right now. Listen, Daniel the prophet told this not over 2,000 years ago, almost three. Thousand years. It's coming to pass today. That's why this book is so powerful. It's a light unto your feet. It's a lamp. So you won't stumble. It says that he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings on the wing of the temple. He will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on all. Let's see. He'll put an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of the temple he will set up an abomination that causes desolation to the end that his decree is poured out on him. 
poured out on him, not on all, on him. I couldn't read my writing. <laughs> poured out on him. Poured out on who? Poured out on the lawless one, the Antichrist, the abomination. That's what's happening. So church, that's a little bit of a prophecy update for you. The signing is going to be on Tuesday. Many leaders will come and witness it. President Trump is going to be there to witness it. The signing. So in the middle of the agreement there, you know what's going to happen in the middle of the agreement? It's just like it says in the Bible, after three and a half years, they're going to cease it. It's going to stop. And then the great tribulation is going to take over. We are living in exciting times. We are living in exciting times. God chose you to be born in such a time as this. It is exciting days that we're living in. It's crazy out there. And it's just like the Bible says. Everything that's going on in the world is already predicted right there in the Word of God. Don't believe me, believe the Word. Open it up. Read it. Read Matthew chapter 24. Read the book of Revelation. Read the book of Daniel. I'm going to tell you what, when you read the book, when you read the book of Daniel, when I first started reading the book of Daniel, it was hard to understand. I couldn't understand it. And even Daniel's, when he got the visions of this and days, even he said he was sick for several days. Because he couldn't understand it. But I'm telling you right now, has been no other time in history like it that we could actually understand the words of Daniel. We can actually understand it because we can see it happening right now going on in the world. We can see everything that Daniel prophesied happening. And see, that's what Daniel couldn't understand. Can you imagine living 2,500 years ago? Can you imagine living 2,500 years ago and seeing the future like Daniel did? And be like, this is too complex. This is, I mean, how could I understand what's going on? I, I'm seeing things in the future that, are not, that I've never seen before in my life. You know, you think about it. 2,500 years ago, they didn't have all of this stuff we have. They never had, they didn't have cars. People were dressed like this. They had horses and camels and donkeys and they lived in, you know, they lived in little shacks. Brick buildings that they lived in. They walked wherever they went to. Can you imagine 2,500 years ago and seeing the future? You would be like, oh my gosh, people are going to and fro. It even, they even prophesy about planes in the future. People flying on the wings of the air. I couldn't imagine. I would be overwhelmed myself. I'd be like, Lord, what does this mean? That's what Daniel said. He couldn't understand it. And he made him, because he couldn't understand it, it made him sick for several days. Uh, you know, this whole thing, I think about the end times. I think about my family. 
I think about each one of you out there, my family and my friends. I think about all the people I come in contact with. And you know, there's one question that a lot of my family members have. And we discussed this a little bit in prayer meeting on Wednesday. And it's a lot, it's asked a lot. And people have said it's actually more like a statement than it is a question. And that is, that, that statement is, well, I've been hearing about Jesus is coming for a long time. And he's never came. Oh, everybody's been saying that Jesus has been coming for a long time. Right? Oh, he's been coming for a long time, but he, he's never came. He's been coming back ever since his ascension. Jesus has been planning his comeback ever since his ascension into heaven. When the disciples looked up and they saw Jesus go after he walked on the earth for 40 days after he rose from the grave. You know that? That when Jesus rose from the grave, that he walked around like flesh and blood for 40 days. And it wasn't just his disciples that saw him that wrote the book. Of the Bible, it was the it was everybody around them. There was a multitude of witnesses that saw Jesus' holes in his hands and in his side and in his feet. As he walked around, and he even told him, He said, Touch me, feel me. I'm not a ghost. I'm not a ghost. I'm alive. And he ate with them. He supped with them. And he did it for 40 days. And then after the 40 days were up, he ascended up into heaven right before his disciples. And his disciples stood up there looking. And they're looking up into the skies in heaven. And an angel appeared to him and said, why are you looking up into heaven? As Just as Jesus ascended, he will descend again. He will come again. And it's right there in the Bible. You see... When I see questions like this, and it says that ever since that ascension, they've been preaching that Jesus is coming back soon. And it's only been a couple thousand years, 2,000 years, right? 2,000 years. Oh, Jesus has been coming for a long time. So does that give you a right to live like a heathen until he comes back? Let me ask you this question. What are you waiting for? Jesus can come back at any moment in our lives right now. Any moment. And if you have that belief that Jesus is kind of, well, they've been saying that he's been coming for a long time. If you have that belief, then when all of a sudden he does come over the hill, he's going to catch you off guard. And it's going to be too late. It'll be too late. At that point in your life, it's too late. Jesus has been coming back since his ascension into the heaven. But let me tell you, never before in history, never before in history has all the things that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 24 and in Daniel, never before in history Have all these things been happening around the world as they are today? 
Never before in history. Never before in history. Has there been earthquakes in diverse places? Has there been famines, plagues, or locusts? Pandemics, tsunamis, recorded record-breaking hurricanes, record-breaking typhoons, record-breaking tornado outbreaks, asteroids coming. Yeah, all these things have happened before in the past, but they have never happened on a scale and intensity and in a frequency as they are going on today in our world. There's rioting and there's rebellion going on throughout the whole world right now. Never before in history has that ever happened. There's been rioting and rebellion in localized places and different countries. But this has become global. This pandemic has become global. Never before in history have all these things happened at once. Like they're happening today. Do you know I read an article that a six-foot asteroid fell and landed in Indonesia or in India? It left a massive crater, it said. And you can look up all these things. You can fact-check me. Look them up. You don't believe me. Believe the news. <laughs> Even some of the Worldly newses are now talking about asteroids coming. And I don't want to scare you, but I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready for when that day when Jesus comes, that none of you will be caught off guard. We got to be ready, church. You got to be ready in your hearts. There's wildfire, wildfires out west. They call it apocalyptic scenes. They say there's orange clouds. They've never seen anything like that before. There's people missing that are unaccounted for. Over 33 have died already. And there's people still missing, dozens of people missing. It looks like Armageddon. I mean, if you can picture hell in your mind, that's what it looks like. It looks like hell, a continuous burning flame of fire. Any day, Jesus could return. And I'm going to tell you, if you're on the fence with your Christianity, if you're on the fence about following Jesus, it's time to jump in. No time to be sitting on the fence. No time to be sitting back observing and waiting and seeing with your own eyes when Jesus comes, it's time to believe in your heart. It's time to get it in your heart. It's time to have faith in God. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm, I'm off track, off script, Joe. Just so you know. Hebrews chapter 11. What is the substance of faith? got to get it here. I keep passing it. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 1, I believe. It says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. 
Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Well, let me tell you what. I am sure of this. And I have all my hope in this. That one day Jesus will return over those clouds riding on a white horse. He's going to collect his elect. And he's going to gather them up. And they're going to rise up to heaven with him. That's what I have faith in. That's where I put my hope. It's sure of what we hope for, and it's certain of what we do not see. That's what faith is. We need to have an increase of faith. We need to have an increase of faith in the Word of God, an increase of faith in God's promises. We need to get off the fence before it's too late, before you're caught off guard. Because when Jesus returns, you don't want to be saying, Lord, we've heard you've been coming for a long time. And I was just going to make my decision when I saw it. Lord, I heard you've been coming for a long time. Preachers have been preaching it for a long time. And some of them have already gone on and passed. Peter preached about you being coming for a long time, Lord, but he didn't see it. Many preachers have been preaching about it for a long time. And every day we get closer and closer to the day the Lord returns. I don't care if I preach this word of God and I turn around and pass away 60 years from now. Jesus is still coming. It's decreed in the Bible. And we should be ready. We should make straight our path. We shouldn't be on the fence. It shouldn't matter. You know, when I leave my guys to go and work, I expect them to work. Right? I expect them to do their job. When I come back, I don't want to see my guys laying around and slouching around. I'm not going to be happy. I want to see progress. I want to see things moving forward, moving ahead. I want to see them taking responsibility about their jobs and their <clears throat> and their position seriously. Just like we need to take that same responsibility with our faith. We need to take our faith seriously. We need to take it seriously. We need to live our lives like Jesus can come back any day. Because when that day comes, then not one of us would be off guard. Not none of us, not one of us would be caught off guard. We would be ready. That's how we need to live. Because any day it could happen. I could be driving down the road, going to work, and then Jesus could come back, and poof, I could be gone. If I'm ready, I'll be with the Lord. If I'm not ready, I'm still going to be in my car. We just watched some great movies called The Revelation Road this week. It was all about the rapture and about the end days and about the days after the rapture. And it was, it was a great movie. I wish it was a trilogy. I wish they had another movie afterwards. But church, we need to wake up. It's time to wake up to the truth of the gospel. It's time to get ready. We just can't wait and see. We just can't be waiting on the fence and seeing, is this real?
just this Jesus coming back, is that really real? Is that really going to happen? Like the Bible says, oh, it's the Bible. Oh, it's been translated in different tongues and the interpretations got twisted down the line. Nope. That's an excuse. That's an excuse from running from the truth. I'm going to tell you what, they find all kinds of scripture written 2,000 years ago. The Dead Sea Scrolls. What do they do? They confirm word for word what the Bible says. They just found some other scrolls not too long ago that were written over 2,000 years ago. Talking about the Gospels. That confirms word for word what the Bible says. That's a fact. That's an archaeology. They, that's something they can grab a hold of. And they can look at it and say, well, this was written. They're talking about Jesus when he was walking on the earth. And he healed these people. He did all these signs and wonders and miracles. They find this stuff. And then they say, okay, well, let's see how close the interpretations are. And they compare it. To what is written today. I'm going to tell you what. You read the very last back chapter. You read the very last paragraph of the Bible. And it will tell you what it says about those. Who take this word of God. And twist it. Or add to it. Or take away from it. And there is a punishment in that word. There is a punishment there that I'm going to tell you that none of us want. Anybody that adds or takes away from this book will not share in the tree of life and will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Think about that for eternity. I mean, that right there is pretty scary. That's the very last paragraph of the Bible. Read it. don't want to be caught off guard. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 32 through 51, this is Jesus. This is the words written in red. This is Jesus who wrote this. All right? Matthew chapter 24, verses 32 through 51, and then we're going to read Matthew chapter 25, 1 through 13. Thirty-two through thirty-two through fifty-one. It says this. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when all these things, what did I talk to you about? All these things. What happened before in chapter twenty-four? Jesus says, "Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom." There will be famines, earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of the birth plains. Jesus says, when you see all these things, in verse 32, when you see all these things, or verse, yeah, verse 33, you know that it is near, right at the door, knocking. What's near? The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
the coming of our Savior. You see that that's near. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Church, you are the generation that are seeing all these things that are happening on the earth right now together. Then it goes on to say, No one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days of the Noah before the flood came and took them all away, that is how it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be in grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. In my Bible, I've underlined it. Keep watch. Because we do not know on what day our Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night a thief was coming... He would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Listen, Jesus can come right now. Right now. Today. While we're in church. He could come when we least expect him. What do you think they were doing in the flood? They were out marrying, having, you know, they never even saw rain before. It never even rained on the earth in the days of Noah. Then all of a sudden, you know, can you imagine this? Noah building the ark. It took him like a hundred and some years to build an ark to be ready. Could you imagine the mockery that Noah had? It's never even rained. They don't even know what rain is yet. And here's this guy out there building an ark that's massive. And they're like, what are you doing, Noah? What in the world are you doing? Why are you building an ark? For what? For a flood? What flood? They don't even know what rain is. You know, I, I, can, I can hear them mocking them. I can hear them teasing them. Just like when Nehemiah was building the, rebuilding the temple walls. He was being mocked. But all of a sudden, God opened up the heavens and it rained like it never rained before. Not only did he open up the heavens to rain like it never rained before, he opened up the floodgates of the depths of the earth to pour water up out of the springs. And it says that water covered the whole earth. And it killed them all but Noah and his family. Because he was the only man found righteous at that time. 
<clears throat> Just like in the days of Noah, people are going to be out there living their lives like it's no tomorrow. Living their lives, not expecting anything to happen. It's the same day, it's the same thing, different day. Right? Doing the same thing, but it's just a different day. And all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, here comes Jesus. And then pretty soon, one's going to be left, one's going to be gone. Like, what happened? That's why we need to keep watch. That's why we need to be ready. It says in verse 45, Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom the master has put in charge of the servants of his household to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing what he finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and an hour he, has, he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Pretty scary, huh? That's why you don't want to be dilly-dallying with, Christ, with God, with Christianity, with your faith, and with Jesus. It's not a joke. It's real. And then verse chapter 25, it's the parable of the ten virgins. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet their bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you don't know the day or the hour. We don't know the day or the hour that Jesus is going to return. But it tells you right here, and Jesus tells us in the parable of the virgins, in the day and the hour of known, that we just need to be ready. It doesn't matter when Jesus comes back. We just need to be ready for when he does come back. He's going to see us doing about his business. Right? We have to keep watch. We have to be ready. I want all of you to be ready. Jesus is right at the door. He's right at the door. Any day it's possible that Jesus can return. Any day. 
He can come for his bridegroom. He can take us out of here in a pre-tribulation before everything happens, any day. The signing of this peace treaty could mark the beginning of the tribulation of the seven-year period. That's what that signing means. That's what a lot of prophets are talking about in today's day and age. Do you know that, that because of this UAE signing, it'll help change the minds of the Palestinians with that peace treaty they're having there? Church, we're living in exciting times. This word is real. I can't explain it any better. The Bible, the Bible is like reading the headline news that we're watching going on around the world right now. Listen, I don't want you none of you to be left behind. And all you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart. It's that simple. And then you got to believe and have faith. All you got to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as Lord and Savior. I want you to be Lord of my life. Jesus said to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. Nor is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. Do you hear that, church? There is no other name under heaven in which we can be saved by. Jesus is the only name. Jesus is the only way. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. All you got to do is accept them. It's a gift. It's a free gift from God. A free gift from God. Who here doesn't take a free gift? Huh? If I gave you a $100 bill, would you take it? Yeah. Every one of you would say yes. They would take it. They wouldn't think about it. You wouldn't even think twice about it. You would just take it. Jesus gave us something. God gave us something much more greater than any money could ever buy. God gave us something greater than anything this world has ever seen. And that's his son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for you and for me. And he died on a cross for the whole world. That's amazing. For sinners, he took away their sin and shame. He says in John 3.16 that he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but he came into the world to set you free. When Jesus, when you accept Jesus, he wasn't there to condemn you. He doesn't want to condemn you. He doesn't want one of you to be condemned to hell. But he wants all of you to come to him, to come to his father. That's what he wants. 
He wants all of you to come to Him. It's we who condemn ourselves who don't believe in the Word of God, who don't believe in Jesus. It's not Jesus who condemns us. It's we ourselves who condemn ourselves because we didn't believe in the truth. Because we didn't believe in God's Word. Jesus' will is not for one to perish, but to all come to Him. Amen? Amen. I'm going to tell you, if you don't know Jesus... And you want to know Jesus, then we need to pray today. Don't wait. And if you think you're walking on the fence with God and you want to recommit your life to God, then we need to pray today. Don't wait. Because, I mean, He can come now. He can come as soon as we walk out the door. We're that close. Jesus is knocking on the door. He said it. All these things, when you see all these things happening, you know that the time is short. It's right there at the door. It's at the door. So don't wait. Amen? Does anybody want to recommit their life? I say we come down and pray right now. Anybody who wants to accept Jesus in their heart, who hasn't done it, we need to pray right now. I want you to pray before you leave the building. Amen? I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to pray. And if you feel led by the Holy Spirit to come on down, then come on down, and I'll pray with you. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this day. Lord, I pray for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for this word. I pray that anything that's not of you, Lord God, would fall away, but anything that's of you, Lord, would stick into our hearts, that you would open up truth to us more and more. Open up your word to us, Lord God, so we can understand it. And Lord God, I pray that each person here that heard this word today, Lord God, would accept you in their hearts where we would live to you, that we would put away foolish things, and we would live wholeheartedly for you, Lord God. Help us, Lord God. Help us to die to ourselves and live for you. Help me, Lord Jesus. I just pray this, and I thank you, Lord God, for each person here. I thank you for your word that's alive. I thank you for your promises that are true, and that I can put all my hope and faith in you, Lord. And, Lord, we're just trusting you for our whole family to come into you, to the knowledge of the Son of God. I pray, and I thank you. I pray this for all my friends. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you guys can be dismissed. Amen. And have a great week. Keep watch. <laughs>